Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for September 21st, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. And oh, my fucking goodness, man. Holy shit. We got Elijah Record with a $200 bomb. So good, we got to give him another round of applause. Oh, my goodness. Elijah, thank you so much, brother. What a way to start off this show tonight, man. Holy shit. Elijah says, awesome show tonight. Easily best dynamite of the year. As always, love the show, JD. You, Jesse, and Solomonster are the GOATs. Hashtag OTS for life. Hashtag get him out. Get him out. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Elijah. Thank you so much for getting this super chat train started this evening. What a show tonight, guys. Dynamite. Tony Khan. He gave you a week to get excited. 
He built it up. The anticipation was there. It wasn't as... I don't want to say it was a lame duck build for this year's Dynamite Grand Slam. It was not anywhere close to what it was last year because, let's be real, when you bring CM Punk and you bring Brian Danielson and you bring Adam Cole into the company at the same time in the very same month, it's tough to top that. I'm not comparing the two shows. Both shows happened at a very different, pivotal point in AEW's history. Tonight's show, again, was basically a reset of AEW. And that's what it was tonight. That's what it should be looked at. AEW, I said this two weeks ago, AEW is going back to its roots. Do they need the elite? Do they need CM Punk? No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't need Punk. They don't need the elite. Clearly, we've been seeing a lot of what's going on with AEW. And the fact that everything happened and they're still putting on the caliber of shows that we've gotten tells me that they don't need Punk or anybody else involved in that all-out melee. John Moxley and Brian Danielson for the World Championship tonight between the Blackpool Combat Club. A lot of people were excited about this. I was excited about this. They delivered a great match. I don't think John Moxley or Brian Danielson are capable of having a bad match. A lot of people, and I got texts all through the show, and I agree with everybody. It's great to see John Moxley as the world champion once again. But it's in our human nature to look back at John Moxley and what he has been through throughout this entire CM Punk situation. And I don't blame you if the question was to arise. Well, why did you take the title off of him to begin with? Why did you have him go into this feud with CM Punk to inevitably lose to begin with? CM Punk, I feel, has driven a dagger into AEW and has divided the fan base. You can look at it any which way. It doesn't take away from John Moxley being the MVP of AEW. It doesn't matter if it was John Moxley tonight. It doesn't matter if it was Brian Danielson tonight. It doesn't matter if it was fucking Doink the Clown. It doesn't matter if it was the Brooklyn Brawler. It doesn't matter if it was some fucking ho-hum indie wrestler with no name and no social media presence. It doesn't matter who the fuck it was. MJF is going to win the world championship, and it doesn't matter who is the world champion at the end of this evening. That's it. Some people were like, well, why didn't you give it to Brian? We've seen Moxley time and time again. Again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. John Moxley, as far as I'm concerned, is being repaid for all of his services. John Moxley now is the world champion for a third time, the only man in AEW history to accomplish such an accolade. Do you want to go with John Moxley and give him back the title that realistically, now looking back at it, he should have never lost? Or do you want to give it to Brian Danielson, inevitably with him dropping it to MJF at full gear? Doesn't Brian Danielson deserve a longer world championship? 
Doesn't he deserve a world championship that is about him? Yes, you could swing it both ways, but I don't think we're going to put the title on Brian to inevitably drop it to MJF. We might as well go back to John Moxley and kind of repay him for the job well done for carrying the company on his back throughout this entire CM Punk situation. I don't have a problem with who they crown the world champion tonight. Again, I preferred, and I'm going to say this, I prefer Brian because I think you know, maybe we've run through the John Moxley train a little bit too much. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Tony Khan made a bad decision because out of those two men, you can't have a bad decision because out of those two men, both of those guys are leaders in that locker room, a locker room that was left in shambles following All Out with CM Punk and the Elite. So the fact that you had both of those guys challenging for a world championship, Tony Khan was sitting pretty on cloud nine after a fucking hellacious all-out weekend. He is very fortunate that he had both of these men at his disposal to give us this championship match and to crown one of these men as the world champion. So if everybody claiming that, oh, it's not a right call, it should have been Brian, blah, 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 the match was boring, blah, 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 I'm over the Blackpool Combat Club, blah, 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 suck my dick, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear you. I don't. They did what they did tonight, and there was no bad decision. None whatsoever. The other big thing that happened tonight was Soraya Knight, a.k.a. Paige, making her AEW debut. And I knew something was going to go down. Tony Khan tweeted out that there's a couple of surprises, one for Rampage and one for Dynamite. Obviously, we got the one for Dynamite tonight which was the debut of Paige, a.k.a. Soraya Knight in AEW. She now joins that women's division and is absolutely, by far and away, the most notable name in the entire women's division. I don't know where to begin with this. I don't know where to even start. How do I feel about it? I feel good about it. She looks absolutely fucking incredible. She does. Everything about that woman looks incredible. Star power resonating off of her body. The fact that she was out there in front of a live audience when realistically she never thought she would have even gotten an opportunity to be in that position again ever. She's obviously cleared if they signed her to a contract. They're not bringing her in to be a GM or a fucking manager. She's obviously signed to a contract to go in there and professionally wrestle. So I'm sure that AEW doctors have cleared this woman to get in there and get physical. When we will see that, I don't know. The women's division has been, for lack of better term, terrible in AEW. Not by talent standards, but by creative standards. They seemingly don't know what to do with the women's division. They don't know how to book it. There's no stories. The title is absolutely fucking useless, as far as I'm concerned. The TBS title feels like it means more than the women's championship. Number two means more than number one, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. Every AEW women's champion, besides Britt Baker, has gotten... The short end of the stick, Sheeta, Riho, Nyla Rose, 
Thunderosa. Britt Baker's the only one that seemingly has kind of pushed through management to make herself really a superstar in that division, while every, every other woman that I mentioned was held back for one reason or another. Creative, whether Thunder Rose's promo work wasn't good or the lack of stories, the women coming on at 9.30, whichever excuse you want to come up with. So Ryan Knight is here in AEW. My first question here, my, my, my first order of business is, what is she going to do? What is AEW going to do with Soraya Knight in AEW that is going to mean difference? What is AEW going to do with Soraya Knight that means change? I don't know. They haven't given me anything to really sink my teeth into. They haven't really given me anything to say, hey, change is on the horizon. We're going to get change. I can't sit here and tell you that this woman is going to be the facilitator of change. I can't do that because the women's division has been booked like fucking dog shit. Tony Khan has got one of the most talented women's divisions in the entire fucking industry, and the women's division is treated as if it's a joke. It's just there. It just exists. They take it for granted. Why? I don't understand what the level of talent, the amount of talent that they have in AEW. So now Soraya Knight gets to AEW, what's going to change? I can't see one person changing the division. I can't see one person changing the landscape of AEW women's wrestling. Tony Khan basically as one of the founding women of the WWE women's revolution. That should be enough to get him to snap out of it. Hey, I got Paige. She started the women's revolution. Ha, ha, ha. Triple H can't have her. How much of it was decision to grab her and not have her go back to WWE? That will come at a later date. Tony Khan has the tendency to be petty. That's another question that I have that I'll get to in a second. He's now got at his disposal one of the women that was the founding women of the WWE Women's Revolution. Paige, Emma, AJ Lee, Sasha Banks, and Bailey took it to the next level at TakeOver in Brooklyn. But who do you think was at the start of the Women's Revolution? Who do you think was the anti-diva against what Bruce and John Laurinaitis were doing? It was Paige. It was Paige. So what's going to change? Paige can't change the way women's wrestling is in WWE, unless Tony Khan himself wants change. The fact that you're bringing Paige in now, there's no excuse for the future of the AW women's division. None. None. If we continue to see the same shit that we've seen for the last three years, and I mean nonsensical fucking, no substance, titles not meaning much of anything, no storylines, if we see that same thing moving forward with Soraya Knight, AEW might as well just get rid of the women's division altogether and not even have one. Again, I ask, what is going to change? I don't want to hear anybody at all tell me, JD, give it a chance. Motherfucker, I've given this shit three fucking years. 
If you're asking me to give it a chance, I've waited three fucking years for change. Every single fucking week, the number one criticism on this show is the way the women's division is being booked. You're asking me to now give it more time to develop because Soraya Knight is in AEW? No, I will not, and neither should you. The fact that you have somebody like this, I need to see immediate impact. I need to see Tony Khan make a statement, just like Triple H has made statements in the first eight weeks in his administration on Monday and Friday night. No more excuses. None. I will accept nothing but what this division should be giving us, and that is top tier, top level, top of the fucking industry talent. I've said this time and time again. WWE has a great women's division. Tony Khan is operating like he has some fucking second-rate bullshit division. He's got a division that this entire industry, any wrestling promoter would fucking die over. And now he's got one of the faces that led a revolution to get women's wrestling to the forefront of spotlight in the eyes of general public wrestling audiences worldwide. And if I don't see change with this woman in charge, who exactly is to blame here? No more excuses. None. I do not want to hear anybody in this chat or anybody after this fucking shit goes public on YouTube. I do not want to hear any fucking excuses whatsoever. He couldn't bring in Sasha. He couldn't bring in Naomi. This is the next best thing. No more excuses. None. How much of it was Tony Khan? This is my other point that I want to drive home. How much of this was Tony Khan wanting to make? And I may ruffle some feathers with this one. How much of this was Tony Khan wanting to make the women's division? He woke up today and said, yeah, uh, I'm going to make the women's division. I'm going to make the women's division great today. Enough is enough. It's time for a change. Did Tony Khan wake up and say, yeah, we're going to change. We got a great division. I want it to thrive. We got a great men's division. I want the same for the women. Did he wake up saying that? Or does he see Triple H, the bell of the ball? Paul Levesque, the number one guy in all of pro wrestling right now. Everybody's wet dream is to work for Paul Levesque now and WWE. People that haven't worked for WWE now want to work for WWE. People who work for Tony Khan want to go back and work for WWE. How much of it was a statement from Tony Khan to Paul Levesque and WWE for everything that people have been praising him for? How much of it was a statement from Tony Khan to Paul Levesque in the form of fuck you? Now, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said that if the women's division has been booked the way that it should have been. But the fact that that we've gotten half-assed women's wrestling on this show with no storylines, no substance, a championship that doesn't really matter, champions that really aren't pushed the way that champions should be pushed, it's a fucking mess. I wouldn't have said that if the division was booked properly. But the fact that the wrestling world is the way that it is and Tony Khan has a tendency to be petty 
how much of it was this and how much of it was him actually wanting to make the division really fucking stand out and be great. We will see. Time will tell. Chris Jericho won the Ring of Honor World Championship tonight. I get why they did it. Some people don't listen to me when I fucking speak. I get why WWE did Logan Paul and Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. People want to clip me out of context and put fucking 20-second clips on Twitter and 20-second clips on Instagram and TikTok without actually hearing me say, I get why they did it, as if I don't know why they did it. I get why Tony Khan made Chris Jericho the Ring of Honor world champion. We have two different situations happening right now. Daniel Garcia is clearly embroiled in a back and forth with Chris Jericho. I don't know what's going on with Brian Danielson, but right now the focus is on Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho also being the world champion could even further play into the part of Tony Khan nearing a Ring of Honor television deal, and they really wanted to solidify that with Chris Jericho. They did the same thing with Chris Jericho and giving him the world championship right at the jump. He was their first world champion before they got anywhere. He was the one that led AEW to being AEW. So why not go back to the guy that you know is going to get the job done and win that fucking game for you in the bottom of the ninth? Why not go to Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho is the Michael Jordan of AEW. Chris Jericho is the Mariana Rivera of AEW. Chris Jericho is the Wayne Gretzky of AEW. He's going to be that guy, no matter what situation, for AEW. And that's what they did there. That's exactly what they did there. So how much of this is going to lay into Daniel Garcia and him feuding with Chris Jericho over the Ring of Honor world title? And how much of it has to do with Ring of Honor nearing a television deal and Tony Khan strapping the title on Chris Jericho to get that television deal sold? I know why they did it. Do I agree with taking the title off of Claudio? No, I don't. But if Claudio was going to lose and the Blackpool Combat Club at the end of the night was going to have one world champion at the end of the night, Claudio was going to be the one that was expendable. Couldn't have two guys be the world champions. Couldn't have two world champions in the Blackpool Combat Club. Why not give it to Chris Jericho? I thought tonight's AEW Dynamite was easily the best Dynamite of the entire year. Again, a proverbial reset button. We got the surprise of Soraya Knight in AEW. We got excellent professional wrestling. We got a new Ring of Honor world champion in Chris Jericho. We got a new world champion in John Moxley. We got a great title match between the acclaimed and Swerve in Our Glory, where we've seen new tag team champions crowned, which I will have a lot to say about that as well. I had to give you guys... Just the real important topics, but I got a lot to say on that as well. I got a lot to say on the acclaimed winning that tag team championship from Swerving Our Glory. And we got a loaded show for you guys tonight. Clearly, you see no Jesse here tonight. Jesse is not here this evening. He is home, but he's not on the show. He hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. We'll be back next week. He's been told to lay low and take it easy. No stress. Relaxation. Jesse will be back next week. 
So you're stuck with me. One-on-one. I want to thank everybody that came out to the meet and greet tonight, man. Every time we do these meet and greets, it blows my mind, man. The support is fucking crazy. Crazy. Tonight, we were at the, the Woodlot in Woodside, New York. A hop, skip, and a jump away from Arthur Ashe Stadium. We had some old fashions. Had a great whiskey selection. The food looked delicious. The bartenders and the staff were absolutely beautiful. Thank you to everybody that showed up. Thank you to everybody that bought merchandise. Thank you to my boy Franco. It's already on my wall, otherwise I'd show you. Got me a signed... Maybe I'll show you when Jesse's here next week. He got me a signed Tony Storm autograph specifically made out to me. Unbelievable. You guys blow my mind every single time, man. So thank you guys to everyone who showed up at the Woodlot. Probably do it again, maybe for Atlantic City and maybe for Full Gear. I will keep you guys updated on that. Love, love, love the meet and greets. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You sign up, you're going to get a free sample of Blue Chew on me. All you got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Thanks to Blue Chew as always. I need you guys to hit that thumbs up, man. We got 3,200 people in the venue. I only see 768 likes from what I see, man. I need 1,000 minimum. A thousand minimum is the goal, right? Why? Why do we? Why do we only have less than eight hundred? One thousand minimum tonight. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We just got another ninety-nine, ninety-nine super chat from Elijah. Another bomb, JD. He says you deserve it, man. Much love, brother. Elijah, much love to you, bro. Thank you so much, brother. And hit that join button, become a channel membership or channel member and get a channel membership right here on OTS. Guys got emotes, badges, great perks when you sign up. Got seven new emotes and two new badges coming when you sign up. So hit that join button and become a channel member right here on OTS. We're going to start at the top, man. The show... Actually, before I even get into the show, New York City was loud as fuck tonight. I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see that the city represented us proud tonight. It wasn't a sellout like it was last year. It wasn't 20,000 people like it was last year. But it was AEW's first $1 million gate for AEW Dynamite. And that is pretty fucking impressive. So congratulations to Tony Khan and congratulations to AEW for a job well done tonight. Not only did they draw one million gate, they put on a damn good wrestling show tonight. For a company that's been around for three years, man, they're doing their thing. AEW held a talent meeting today. Seems like it's a regular thing nowadays in AEW. Talent meeting before AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. This is coming from Fightful Select. They're actually still working on details about who spoke at the meeting. 
But those that we at Fightful heard from in attendance said that it was a very positive and effective meeting that served as a pep talk for the roster ahead of a major show like Grand Slam. The talent meetings held since All Out have seemed to resonate well with the roster and staff that we here at Fightful have spoken to. A longtime AEW talent that we spoke to said, with the last three weeks, having a much more laid-back environment than how things were in the weeks that led up to All Out. Another veteran claimed that the locker room has been the best over the last three tapings than it's been in quite a while. One AEW source we spoke to used the term addition by subtraction, but wouldn't specify who they meant specifically in that regard. They said they will continue to learn more and work on who the talent was in this meeting and the reactions to it and update the article when it becomes available. It's pretty cool, man. Addition by subtraction. What do they mean by addition by subtraction? Obviously, subtraction meaning Kenny Omega, Matt Matt and Nick Jackson and CM Punk, subtracting them, they subtracted the cancer from the locker room and they added harmony and peace. And a locker room that wants to live amongst each other. A locker room that's hopeful. A locker room that's prideful. A locker room that doesn't want the drama and wants to go out there and make AEW the best promotion that it can be. A locker room that is here for AEW and not for themselves. That's what it sounds like to me. Addition by subtraction. What does it mean? What does it mean? We're not in in, in fucking math class here. We're not. Give me a break. It means exactly what I just said. The cancer is uprooted and removed. The cavity has been extracted. And now you are able to live a very pain-free life. It's exactly what it means. Good. More of that, please. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The show started off with Chris Jericho and Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. You guys know how I feel about the Ring of Honor stuff on AEW Dynamite. I just don't care. I find it very difficult for me to actually care about Ring of Honor when they themselves don't have an actual show. Because they don't have an actual show doesn't mean that I need to see Ring of Honor on my television screen, on AEW television. 
AEW has a problem getting their own championships over, and now you're asking me to care about championships that aren't really a part of AEW. So I have a problem with the AEW shows representing Ring of Honor and the Ring of Honor titles being represented on Dynamite. I get why they have to do it, but I don't have to like it. This match came about on Friday. This match came about on Rampage, literally out of the blue. Jericho just lost a qualifier to wrestle tonight for the world title. Came out on Rampage, walking around the commentary desk and challenged Claudio to a Ring of Honor World Championship match for no rhyme or reason. No rhyme or reason at all. Claudio accepted, and here we are. So the bell rings, and Jericho had not yet shaken Claudio's hand to conduct the Code of Honor. He opted for a slap in the face instead of adhering to the handshake, which is the Code of Honor for Ring of Honor, which obviously got Claudio a little upset right at the match. Start for both guys. Claudio had an uppercut early on, multiple uppercuts, in fact, He pressed Jericho over his head and crotched him on the ropes, which looked like it sucked. Jericho rolled to the outside and hid behind Carrie Silken, who is a Ring of Honor Hall of Famer. Shoved him into Claudio to gain control briefly. They were back inside the ring. We got chops back and forth, back and forth until Jericho went for a springboard attack and Claudio hit an uppercut in midair to stop Jericho's offense. Then there's a forearm exchange on the apron, which led to Jericho eye-raking Claudio and then suplexing him out to the floor. Jericho was in control until Claudio got a big boot in the corner on Jericho. Claudio pulled himself up top. Jericho fought off Claudio with a Hurricanrana attempt. This was incredible. This was great. We got Claudio trying a Ricolo bomb. He went for a powerbomb off the top rope, and it looked like Claudio was going to get the powerbomb on Jericho, but Jericho midair reversed it into a Karana. This was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Goes to show you how great, still, Chris Jericho really is. So he got the Karana. He goes for a cover, gets a two-can. Claudio powered out of a code breaker into a pop-up uppercut for a near fall of his own. Only gets a two-count. So, we have anvil elbows from Claudio, a double stomp to the chest, which led to a a sharpshooter. Jericho got the rope break to break the sharpshooter. Claudio blocked a low blow kick, hit a Rico LaBomb, four cover gets a two count. Claudio wanted his springboard uppercut, but Jericho counted into a code breaker for a near fall. Jericho got the walls of Jericho on. Claudio in the center of the ring, but Claudio rolled through. He hit the Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson stomps to Jericho. Claudio got the giant Cesaro swing on Jericho. He got about 20 revolutions or so. Stopped the Cesaro swing. Huge lariat. Jericho kicks out at a two. Jericho then scurries to the corner. He sees Floyd, the baseball bat, in the corner. He grabs the baseball bat. Claudio sees this. Jericho goes to hit Claudio with the baseball bat. He stops it and blocks the baseball bat attack. 
Jericho back body dropped Claudio into Aubrey, Ed uh, Aubrey Edwards, who was the referee of this match. And she saw the bat. She picks up the bat. She gets rid of it. Her back is turned. Jericho decides to hit Claudio right below the belt. He hits Je uh, Claudio right in the balls. Judas effects one, two, three. And Jericho is now a Ring of Honor world champion. So Jericho is not only now an AEW, WWF, WCW, or WWE, WCW, but he is now a Ring of Honor world champion. This is his eighth championship title reign in his long, beautiful, illustrious career. We get the end of the match. The Jericho Appreciation Society celebrate at the top of the ramp. And Daniel Garcia, who everybody was focused on, very reluctant to celebrate this victory the way Jericho had conducted himself without doing the code of honor, without really winning the title fairly, took all of this, the Ring of Honor title, for granted. And he wins the title by nefarious means, which obviously has upset Daniel Garcia because Daniel Garcia won the pure championship from Wheeler Yuta all on his own. No help. Nothing. He did it on his own. I hate the fact that Ring of Honor has their championships now at the forefront. And meanwhile, Tony, can, Tony Khan cannot book the TNT title the way that he's booked the Ring of Honor World Championship. That's what I have a problem with. But the story to come out of this is tremendous. The story to come out of this is going to be a great storyline that is going to further propel Daniel Garcia up the card and make him more of a superstar than he already is. Everything that Jericho did, from not adhering to the code of honor, to slapping Claudio instead of shaking his hand, even going back to when Daniel Garcia beat Wheeler Yuta for the, world cha for the pure championship, he did it on his own. Jericho said, well, we're not going to be out there for you. We're not going to be out there for you. You're going to have to do this on your own. He did. Jericho then turns around, challenges Claudio for the biggest prize in Ring of Honor and cannot get the job done without cheating. How do you think that makes Daniel Garcia feel? How do you think that makes Chris Jericho look? He doesn't give a shit. He's a world champion now. He's got another world championship to add to his already impressive resume. But now the story is Jericho and Garcia. The story is potentially is Tony Khan lining up a Ring of Honor television deal to happen in the next couple of months. Otherwise, why take the title of Claudio and put it on Jericho if there wasn't anything significant happening in the next few weeks? Jericho's the type of guy that you want leading your company. Jericho is as Ring of Honor as Ring of Honor could get. Everything that Ring of Honor is, Jericho embodies. So it's not like he put the championship on some fucking scrub. He put the title on legitimately one of the greatest to ever do it. Somebody that was Ring of Honor before Ring of Honor was Ring of Honor. So if anybody has a problem with this, I'm going to need you to fucking take a step back and realize who the fuck Chris Jericho is. Nobody should have a problem with Chris Jericho winning the championship. Do we all love Claudio? Yes. Did Claudio get fucked over? Yes. Did Claudio not have a title reign and should have had a longer reign for who he is? Yes. But Claudio never really had 
a great beginning to the title reign anyway. Claudio won the title the same way Jericho won the title. Basically, by a week going into the pay-per-view and beating Jonathan Gresham. There was no story. It wasn't long. some long, drawn-out, oh, my God, he's finally done it. Yes, I could pick apart why that happened. Yes, I could pick apart why this happened. But let's be real. It's Chris fucking Jericho. At the end of the day, Tony Khan is trying to line up his ducks in a row and get Ring of Honor to be the very best it can be before he presents this overall brand and roster to a television company so that they pay him money to put the show on television. Jericho at the top, FTR as tag team champions, Daniel Garcia as pure champion, and Samoa Joe as TV champion. Sounds like a winning combination to me. What do you want out of the Ring of Honor title? What do you want out of the Ring of Honor title? Do you want Claudio to continue wrestling with the Ring of Honor championship around his waist and nothing matches that have no rhyme or reason on television? Do you want Claudio to continue going out there and having matches against Dax Harwood no matter how great that match was? Why did it happen? Do you want Claudio to continue to conduct open challenges where Dustin Rhodes challenges for the Ring of Honor World Championship? It's not something I want to see on television. If you are going to put the Ring of Honor titles on television, they better have a fucking purpose. This gives the Ring of Honor title purpose. This gives Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia purpose. They had purpose before, but now the purpose is even greater. I have absolutely no problem with this whatsoever. None. Yes, I love Claudio. Claudio will see his day. Here's the best part of it all. Do you want Claudio to be straddled to Ring of Honor? Or do you want Claudio to be on AEW doing AEW things? Because as Ring of Honor champion, yes, he could have done that, but it's not going to mean much of anything if Claudio's Ring of Honor champion He's going to be primarily Ring of Honor. Defending Ring of Honor championships against open challenges and people that just come out of nowhere and say, hey, I love a Ring of Honor title. Let's fight. Now we can be on AEW television, do AEW shit on Dynamite and get himself embroiled in real feuds and give us a reason to fucking care about him and give us even more excitement about why he's here. Claudio versus Wardlow, Claudio versus Eddie Kingston, Claudio versus Brian Danielson, whoever the case may be, Claudio versus Adam Cole, Claudio versus MJF, Claudio versus whomever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Now he's on AEW's team. Again, I can't see how people are going to be upset about this. This is a great move. Shocking, because I didn't expect it, but a great move nonetheless. The acclaimed, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. They're out there with Billy Gunn, Daddy S. Scissor me, Daddy S. Against Swerve in Our Glory. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. This was for the AEW Tag Team Championships. We had rapper Fabulous 
out there with the champions while DJ Who joined the acclaimed for their entrances. Yes, DJ legitimately. DJ Who? I don't know who the fuck DJ Who is. Did anybody in New York City know who DJ Who is? I don't think so. Before I even get into what happened, was this match better than what we got in Chicago? No. No, 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 no. It was not better than what they did in Chicago. If Jesse was here, he'd probably say, I absolutely 100% agree with you. This match was not better than what they did in Chicago. We have new tag team champions here. The acclaimed are now the AEW tag team champions. Caster had a rap. It was a good one. I don't write his raps down, but it was definitely worth the wait for the last two times that he's been interrupted on Dynamite. So, Bowens, he started off with Keith Lee and was immediately thrown around. It's Keith Lee. Anybody that's in there with Keith Lee is going to be thrown around like a fucking piece of trash. Lee did a hurricane rana on Anthony Bones. It popped me sitting on my couch, and Keith Lee did a hurricane rana on Anthony Bones that also popped most of Arthur Ashe Stadium. Caster countered. He's in there now. He counted a move into an arm drag, swerve cut off, them scissoring each other, scissor me daddy ass. He cut off the shenanigans, one, two, three. Swerving Keith Lee kept Max Caster isolated, working him over. They were obviously working as heels. Again, swerve more heel than Keith Lee. Swerve, every time he got in there, was more over as a heel than Keith Lee was. He was booed out of the building with Swerve, which gives you an idea of where this is going to be going. And I think that's the right move to make. I can't see Keith Lee being a heel. Keith Lee is just such a baby face. The way he is, the way he speaks, the way he he just projects his body language, the way he moves in the ring. So Swerve, the way Swerve moves in the ring, he's very baby face like but Swerve's got the attitude of a prick. Swerve plays a heel naturally, and I think he's going to thrive as a heel when all of this is said and done. So they isolated Max Caster. They were working over his leg. Caster was able to avoid a huge Keith Lee splash, hit Swerve with a power slam, got a big brain buster on Keith Lee, which allowed for Anthony Bowens to make the hot tag. I don't know how he got Keith Lee up in a brain buster, but he did. Makes the hot tag to Anthony Bowens. He ran wild on the tag team champions. Bowens was cut off by Keith Lee. And Bowens continued to fight out of Keith Lee's offense. At one point, he was up in a powerbomb. And he fought out of that. He was about to be stomped by Swerve and Keith Lee with the double team powerbomb stomp finishing move. He fought out of that. And Lee dropped Bowens with a headbutt. And then tossed Bowens over the top rope onto the stage, which, which looked great. The ramp for Rampage, uh, not, or Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam, it was basically a long aisleway that was basically a New York City street with graphics of taxis and traffic 
that you would normally see in Manhattan. It looked great. Nice little LED ramp for Dynamite tonight at Grand Slam. So he got back, body dropped over the ropes. He landed hard on the ramp. Lee goes up top, goes for a moonsault, misses. He missed the big second rope moonsault. Swerve tried to cheap shot Caster with a boombox shot. Caster ducked and Swerve inadvertently hit Keith Lee. I thought this was it. I thought this was the end of the match. And I legitimately think this was supposed to be the end of the match. Bowens hit the spinning neck breaker. Caster went up top. We don't see Caster. While watching this on TV, we do not see Max Caster jump to the top rope for the elbow drop, which he calls the, the mic drop. We did not see. All of a sudden, we see him come off the top rope, and he lands in the ring without hitting the elbow drop, and then he clutches his knee. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is going on here? Did he get hurt? Did he legitimately tweak his knee? Apparently, some people that were in attendance said that Caster went to the top rope, slipped off the top rope, and then he tried to play it off as if he injured his knee and legitimately slipped off the top rope. I do believe that this was supposed to be the end of the match. This may have been the reason why Brian Danielson and John Moxley went right off the air at 10 o'clock with no time for that moment to just be and breathe. I feel like they called an audible here to continue the match and do the ending over, but they took a little bit longer to get to the actual ending. I could be mistaken. This was supposed to be the end of the match. All of a sudden, we see Caster come off the top rope. He's clutching his knee. That's it. Swerve hit a back kick in the corner on Caster. Hit his fireman carry release into a pounce from Lee. Assisted power bomb delivered to Caster. Kicks out at a two. Now the acclaimed are on the floor. Swerve did a springing 450 onto them and had a stare-off face-to-face with Billy Gunn. Crowd's going crazy. Referee was turned to Lee. He was on the outside. Bowens hit a spinning forearm. And Gunn, behind the referee's back, hit a famouser on Swerve. Back in the ring, Bowens hit a spinning neck breaker. Caster finally goes up to the top rope. Hits the mic drop, elbow drop. One, two, three. And the acclaimed are the new AEW tag team champions crowned in New York City. The uncrowned champions are no longer. They are the new AEW tag team champions. Was this match better than Chicago? No. It was not. The only thing, and I don't mean to take this moment away from the acclaimed, I don't. I don't want to make it seem like I am not proud of both Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. But I will say this. If this outcome tonight did anything for me, it only proved to me that Tony Khan fucked up in Chicago. The only thing that I could think about at the end of this match is how Tony Khan got it wrong. He should have called an audible in Chicago. That was the night. That was the night. I don't give a shit that you have to build this match for Chicago. You could have come up with any other fucking match to fill in on this card in New York City for Grand Slam. That night in Chicago, at All Out, that crowd, that moment, that match, 
was the night. That was it. All this did to me was say, hey, we got it wrong in Chicago. We made it right in New York. Tony Khan needs to be a little bit more open about calling audibles when the crowd gets the way that they were at All Out in Chicago. He had one moment. Not to say that this moment wasn't good, but you cannot duplicate that moment. Jesse and I both said that. The Sunday night, we went live for All Out. There's no fucking way you were going to duplicate that moment in Chicago. This moment, no matter how great you think it is, and I'm not saying that it wasn't a great moment, but any right mind watching this show and All Out could see, and I want to make that abundantly clear to you guys, the differences between tonight and Chicago are huge. Tony Khan needs to be a little bit more open and a little bit more in the know about listening to the fan base in, in, in every which way on what they want in the moment that they want it. I'm not saying you have to call an audible every single time. I'm not saying you have to make a fucking case for an audible every single pay-per-view. That was a rarity. That was a rare occasion that you probably won't see for another few years. The acclaimed are very much over, and they earned their spot. That match that they had, it was a perfect storm. Swerve and Keith Lee did the best job that they did as tag team champions in Chicago. That should have been the moment you put the tag team titles on the acclaimed. Not tonight. So they're the tag team champions. I said this on Off the Scripts. I said this last week on AEW Dynamite when I did the post-show. Homegrown talent for AEW. Homegrown talent. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster are homegrown talent. Why are people now watching AEW? Why is AEW over a million for three straight weeks? They haven't hit a million in three straight weeks ever. CM Punk, the fallout, maybe. People interested in what's going on and if it's going to turn into a storyline, maybe. But like I said, AEW is now hitting the reset button. They are going back to what brought them to the dance day one. They are now hitting the reset button. Bare bones, AEW. AEW has given you shows the last three weeks that made you fall in love with the show the first year, the second year. They're going and giving you people that you were promised. Your Darby's, your Sammy's, your MJF's, your Jungle Boys, your Luchasaurus's, your Lucha Brothers, your Pax, your Orange Cassidy's, your Acclaims. How many people were turned off by the product, by Tony Khan bringing in ex-WWE guy here, ex-WWE guy there, ex-WWE guy here, there, over there, everywhere? If I wanted to watch ex-WWE guys, I'd just watch WWE. How many people were turned off by Tony Khan abandoning the mission statement of AEW? Pushing the acclaimed and the acclaimed getting over and the meteoric rise of Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, this is what brought AEW to be popular. Homegrown talent. And they did it all on their own. They didn't beg. They didn't cry. They didn't go on social media and fucking bitch and moan that they were 
you know, losing here and not featured there. Oh, I'm on dark. I'm not getting a chance. Blah, blah, blah. The only time Max Caster complained was when he was getting suspended for a rap that Tony Khan did not oversee and approve. And he got suspended for what he said. How many times has Max Caster went out there on his own twice, right? In two different situations where Anthony Bowens was out for a long extended period of time. Did Max Caster complain that he didn't have Anthony Bowens by his side? Oh, my tag team partner is missing. Blah, blah, blah. Let me go on social media and fucking bitch about it. Not a single fucking peep. He wrestled solo. Tony Khan gave him the opportunity to get over. He did. He got himself over. By the work that he did, he helped Anthony Bowens maintain being over when he came back. And they are now the best tag team in all of AEW outside of FTR. Homegrown talent. It's a beautiful thing. More of this, please. And I do not want to leave out Swerve and Keith Lee. They did an absolutely phenomenal job at getting these two guys over to the point where they were basically, the fans were begging for them to be tag team champions. Swerve has nothing to be upset about. Nothing. Yes, their tag team title run has come to an end, and it wasn't as long as people would have liked it to be. Feels like they just won the championship a month ago. But this is now leading to Swerve becoming a bigger superstar. Swerve is going to be a bigger superstar coming out of this because inevitably he's going to turn on Keith Lee. You see the makings of a great heel in Swerve. AEW has more than enough tag teams to really keep this division afloat. It might not seem like it to you, but there are an abundance of tag teams. Abundance of tag teams in AEW. They need to get back to making tag team wrestling a pivotal part of the company. It seems like they may have gotten away from that for a little bit. But they still have a solid tag team division. We got trios titles to go along with that as well to add to the tag team element. But now when Swerve goes heel, this opens up Keith Lee for being a babyface and going singles. This is why we brought him in here. This wasn't an idea from the get-go. It just happened. Swerve and Keith Lee, they made a great tag team. Let's stick with it. Let's ride it out. Let's see what they could do. Let's see what the fan reaction is going to be. They ended up winning the tag team championships, and they are now better for this than when they first came in. This is great. Again, it wasn't something that Tony Khan planned. It just fell into his lap. And anybody that wants to say, oh, this was planned from the beginning. No, it wasn't. You brought in Swerve to put him in a fucking tag team? No. You brought in Keith Lee to put him in a fucking tag team? No. It just happened. And it makes Tony Khan look like a fucking genius. This entire thing made Tony Khan look like a fucking genius. The tag team of Swerve and Keith Lee made Tony Khan look like a genius. Scissor me daddy ass. Putting Billy Gunn with the acclaimed. No matter how stupid it looks, it's over. The fuck does Billy Gunn have to do with the acclaimed? It makes Tony Khan look like a genius. I love it. Everybody deserves their flowers in this situation. Everybody. But I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you. Was it better than Chicago? No. Was the moment that they won better than what it could have been in Chicago? No. 
All I got out of this was, shit, I fucked up in Chicago. I got to make it right in New York. That's what it was to me. Now we may now we may be on the verge of FTR and the acclaimed for the tag team championships. They already stated that they want next. I don't know what that means for the acclaimed. But unless Tony Khan is making the acclaimed the biggest tag team in all of AEW, getting through FTR and putting those guys over FTR is going to be a difficult decision to make. FTR is just as beloved as the acclaimed. You may drive one of those teams to not be as over anymore, putting them against each other. And I don't know if that's a risk you want to take. So it's going to be a very interesting situation to see play out with FTR and the acclaimed. Moving on. Tony Schiavone interviewed Wheeler Yuta. I don't know why this was on the show, but this was on the show. Shivani interviewed Wheeler Yuta on the ramp about Moxley and Danielson. He said they're both teammates. So how does he see it? All of a sudden, MJF interrupts Wheeler Yuta, and the crowd absolutely became unglued when MJF's theme music hit. Came unglued when this guy came out. MJF doesn't want to be a babyface, but let's be real, folks. When MJF is on TV, people are cheering him, and they are going absolutely fucking crazy. He may not be a babyface, but this is as close to a babyface MJF that I think we'll get. He is absolutely an in-betweener. He's out there. MJF, MJF, crowd is chanting MJF. The devil has arrived. He said since they literally worship the ground he walks on, that makes him their loyal devil worshipers. I don't know if that's really a good PR move by MJF to call his fans and legions of fucking support devil worshipers, but I'll let it fly for tonight. How are you doing, Shivani? You fat old prick, he says. He said MJF is indeed a generational talent, but he is also a man with more catchphrases than friends and the king of low, low-hanging fruit. Wheeler said someone just got engaged also recently, I see. He said he met her, and she's a wonderful woman, bright and smart, but she might have figured out what the rest of them already know that you are a spineless, worthless piece of human garbage. Fans were booing Wheeler Yuta. Fans were already booing Wheeler Yuta at the start, and they became even more agitated with Wheeler Yuta after he called MJF a worthless piece of human garbage. He said she'll walk out on him like he walked out on all of them during Double or Nothing weekend. MJF said everyone should give it up for Wheeler Yuta because he has gone from drawing paint to pet rock personality. MJF said he came out there to wish Wheeler's buddies good luck. He called their faction the Blackpool Cuckold Club. I laughed. I thought that was great. Of course, coming from MJF, I would expect no less. He said they're fighting to lose the AEW title to him next. 
He says he can still go to his mentors for advice. He says he can ask Brian Danielson how to be injury-prone and turn his brain into scrambled eggs. He said he could ask Wiley Regal how he can pop pills. You'd have slapped him in the face. MJF then headbutted him and shoved Tony Schiavone down. Shivani took a decent little bump there on the ramp. Don't know why we needed to shove Shivani, but here we are. I guess it aided in the overall vibe of this, of this promo. All of a sudden, Yuta tackled MJF, and fans were cheering as Yuta got a little bit of offense here on MJF. W. Morrissey came out and attacked Yuta from behind. MJF charged, KO'd Yuta. With the dynamite diamond ring, officials ran out to restore order, and MJF backed away and walked back through the ramp with Morrissey just hanging about, looking to take care of MJF's business. You know, I've seen some other check marks on social media say, oh, wow, what an incredible segment with MJF and Wheeler Yuta. I have to ask all these fucking demented Silly check marks online. What the fuck are you watching, bro? What are you watching? Yes, this was a great segment. The fuck did it do for Wheeler Yuta? You could have put anybody out there against MJF and they would have been fucking mincemeat against MJF in a promo battle. Unless you're CM Punk or Eddie Kingston or John Moxley, I don't think you should be fucking out there in a promo on the receiving end of an MJF verbal fucking salt, okay? I got people online, Claire. This was a great segment. What the fuck did this do for the Blackpool Combat Club? What did this do for the cult hero, the cult favorite, the indie darling that everybody loves? Everybody said, oh, John Moxley made Wheeler Yuta a made man. MJF absolutely verbally destroyed Wheeler Yuta so badly that if I'm Wheeler Yuta, I don't want to see another microphone for several weeks. Are you fucking serious? You gotta be fucking kidding me. This made Wheeler Yuta look like a fucking loser in every sense of the word. Now, unless we're building Wheeler Yuta up as MJF's next opponent or Wheeler Yuta up as the first opponent for MJF when he wins the world title, this did not make any sense whatsoever. This was reckless and unnecessary. No reason why this segment, this promo, should have been on Dynamite. Don't know why this needed to be. I get you want to include MJF in the program. I get you want to put MJF out there in front of an audience. Sometimes the paying audience doesn't get what they want. If MJF is not needed on this night, I don't know why you opt to put him on the show to verbally abuse somebody else that is incredibly over like him. And Will Uta did himself no favors as well because like MJF said, it was like listening to fucking paint or watching paint dry. The personality of a pet rock. MJF is this boisterous fucking just flowing words coming out of his mouth that makes sense with charisma and attitude. And Willa Yuta, it's almost as if he's standing behind the fucking counter at Burger King while you hear somebody taking the orders. 
You want fries with that? Can I get you a yogurt parfait with that as an add-on? Or someone at Starbucks? Yeah, can I get uh, a pumpkin cream cold brew, please? Light on the ice. Can I get you a bagel with that? Can I toast that bagel for you? Not a good look. Not a good look, man. I don't get why they even decided to do this. Waste of my time. And this is not the only MJF criticism that I will have as far as Tony Khan's creative for MJF on this evening. He sent MJF out in the main event to sit in the skybox and watch the fucking world title match with the goddamn poker chip in his lap. Well, he's wearing a suit. Not a good look, TK. Not a good look, bro. It's not the way I would do it if I'm booking a show. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. You want to position this guy as the next world champion, but he's out there in a fucking suit. Watching the match from a skybox with a fucking poker chip. Give me the impression that he's going to cash it in on the night. He's not going to cash the fucking chip in wearing a goddamn fucking suit in the skybox. It's the little things, bro. It's the little things, bro. Give me a break. If I'm William Regal, I'm kicking Willie Uta out of the Blackpool Combat Club, and I'm enlisting Daniel Garcia. Get him out! After tonight's performance, FTR. Lexi Nair was backstage with FTR. Cash Wheeler congratulated the acclaimed for winning the Tag Team Championships. But they said they've been number one contenders since, like, April 7th. And they'd like to cash that in. Apparently, AEW has done away with the ranking system, or at least they're not paying too much of attention to the ranking system anymore. So the guns walked in, the gun club walked in, and they laughed as they asked if they'll ever stop complaining about not getting a title shot, or or, or are they losing their momentum, or if they will ever be on TV again, Dax Harwood said. They asked themselves that all the time. Austin and Colton said they're so upset because they realized they are a younger and more handsome version of FTR. Top guys out. I don't know what this means, but FTR and the Gun Club, it doesn't bode well for the Gun Club at all, going up against the World Tag Team Champions. Everything but the AEW Tag Team Championships. Pack and Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic Championship. I was actually looking forward to this match because I figured this would be a championship title reign for Orange Cassidy here tonight. And we did not get that. Pack retains the title and retains the All-Atlantic Championship. Orange Cassidy, I appreciate the fact that Tony Constant, Orange Cassidy out there without the best friends... And they just let these guys go out there one-on-one. Serious Orange Cassidy. Again, it's the little things that matter to me, the little things that I pay attention to. Orange Cassidy normally is very silly. He did the hands in the pockets, shtick. He did the glasses thing. That's fine. I mean, I don't find it funny anymore. I find it entertaining, but I'm not going to find it funny anymore. You know, the, the most deadliest super kicks in the world. I don't find that shit funny anymore. I find it entertaining. I don't find it funny. At first, I found it funny, but I find it more entertaining now, and I get 
Orange Cassidy's shtick, and I understand his form of entertainment. But I like the fact that he took a more serious approach here, and he went at this one-on-one against Pac. These two had a match several years ago, a match that a lot of people wrote off before they actually got in the ring. Oh, Orange Cassidy sucked. Orange Cassidy sucked. This guy isn't a professional wrestler. He's nothing more than a joke. Boy, did he prove everybody wrong on that night. Those same people said the same thing about Orange Cassidy during his fucking build to a match with Will Ospreay. And I said, one of the first people on social media to say, boy, oh boy, Orange Cassidy's going to make a lot of people look fucking stupid against Will Ospreay. Oh, why is Will Ospreay wrestling Orange Cassidy? (laughs) Will Ospreay's probably... If you want to boil it down to a a select few, probably the best in-ring performer in the entire industry right now is Will Ospreay. In that ring, rope for rope, turnbuckle for turnbuckle, Will Ospreay is probably the best in-ring talent in the world. Don't you think he's going to go in there with Orange Cassidy and also want to prove people wrong? Exactly what they did. A bunch of... (laughs) Bunch of... Dummies. The entire IWC was just a stupid. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Loved it so much. It was one of the first things I asked Tony Khan. You know what he did? He referenced these two men. It's the same thing that I thought when Orange Cassidy and Pac wrestled the first time at Revolution all those years ago. I knew it was going to be a great match. Nobody believed me. I knew it. And here we are. They work great together. Great together. Cassidy threw his sunglasses at Pac. He got a few early takedowns. Kind of frustrating Pac a little bit. In the ring, Cassidy, after a little stint on the outside, did his uh, devastating kicks. Pac responded with a shotgun drop kick after Orange Cassidy tried to drop kick of his own. So, Pac, he's in control. Pack launched Cassidy into the post. He went for a black arrow, but Cassidy rolled out to the floor. Pack did this beautiful twisting dive where he took out Cassidy on the outside, landed with his hip, looked great. In the ring again, Pack hit a top rope drop kick, controlled the action for a little bit. Cassidy gave Pack a thumbs up, caused him to be a little bit more violent in his attack. Cassidy tried to roll to the outside again to avoid another black arrow. But Pac stopped him with a snap German suplex. Pac went for the finish again. Cassidy lifted his feet and told Pac to jump off the top rope. Go ahead, deliver the black arrow. This was the third time he went for the black arrow. So Pac jumps down. Cassidy nearly suckered Pac into a roll-up coming off the top rope. Roll-up for two. Stun dog millionaire that sent Pac to the outside. Cassidy hit a dive through the ropes. Diving DDT off the top. Back in the ring, Cassidy hit his big DDT, that tilt-a-whirl DDT that he does, beautifully executed. Pac kicked out at two. Pac counted the orange punch into a brutalizer attempt, which Cassidy turns into a roll-up for a two-count of his own. Cassidy then connected with an orange punch. Pac got the rope break and rolled to the outside. Pac, all of a sudden, now by the timekeeper's area, grabs the ring bell hammer, the hammer that they ring the ding-ding-ding with. He grabs the hammer and shielding himself as the referee couldn't see. All of a sudden, he nails Orange Cassidy with the hammer right in the face, rolled him back into the ring, 
Got the one, two, three. Referee didn't see it. One, two, three. And Pac retains the All-Atlantic Championship. I do not mind this outcome at all. Because I see from what they did here and the way that they executed the ending that they want Orange Cassidy to win the All-Atlantic Championship, but not right now. Why not right now? Why not in New York? Why not at Arthur Resch? It's too soon. We just gave Pac the All-Atlantic Championship in June. July, August. It's September. Two and a half months. What has he done with the championship besides defend it against Kip Sabian on a fucking pre-show for All Out? Zilch. Nada. Nothing. So why would you think that Tony Khan should take the title off of Pac to put it on Orange Cassidy because... Orange Cassidy deserves to win it in New York. Why can't he win into full gear? Why not build up a story between these two that takes them into full gear and Orange Cassidy wins that title in front of 15,000 people in Newark? Sounds like a better deal to me. Give Pac a run with the title. Have him defend it a couple of times on Dynamite. Have Orange Cassidy get some wins under his belt. Have him go into the next pay-per-view and get that first elusive title victory on pay-per-view against somebody that pretty much has had his number. He's 0-9, I believe, in title matches. So good. Good. Lose, build up sympathy, build up a story where he can't get the big one done against Pac. Pac's got his number. Give him the victory, and then we crown a new All-Atlantic champion. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Very good match. Not as good as their first outing, but a very good match nonetheless and was nice in the middle of this Grand Slam card. Tony Storm. This was a fatal four-way. She defended the AEW Women's Championship against Britt Baker, Serena Deeb, and Athena. This is the interim AEW Women's Championship. This match got the... I would say roughly around the 9.15 or so time slot on Dynamite, which is, you know, the norm for the ladies on AEW television. Fatal 4-Way here. I had a problem coming into this show with the Fatal 4-Way. Had a problem with this match. We got a Fatal 4-Way at All Out to crown Tony Storm as the interim champion with, I believe, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and Tony Storm beat those three ladies to win the interim AEW championship that Thunder Rosa relinquished because of a back injury. We get a tag team match on Dynamite. We get Athena and Tony Storm wrestling uh, Serena Deeb and Britt Baker. Jamie Hayter is still in there. You know, they are teasing a breakup between Hayter and Britt Baker. Seems like that storyline was kind of a little bit more important than the ladies' championship, the women's championship. In AEW. Not really a good look there. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker and the inevitable split that will happen whenever they decide was a little bit more important than the world championship that Tony Storm is holding right now and won it all out. So now we got this tag team match that leads to another fatal four-way. Now we got Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Serena Deeb, and Athena. Basically, this is all out, all over again, minus Jamie Hayter and minus... Hikaru Shida. Great. Anybody but Brit. Anybody but Brit is what I say. The more I look at Brit, 
I can't get it out of my mind now. You will it into existence. The more I look at Brit, the more she looks like Charlotte Flair. Not really a good look from a fan's POV. Nobody wants to see Charlotte Flair on SmackDown or, or Raw. Now we got to watch Charlotte Flair in the in the way of AEW or, or on AEW television with Britt Baker. Not a good look. Not a good feeling either. Anybody but Britt. And I'm glad to say that Britt is not the new interim AEW Women's Champion. Tony Storm wins. Match was basically there as a come-down match from what we saw already, and a precursor, an appetizer, before we get to the main event. Was it exciting? No. Did it mean something to me? No. Was the fans into it? No. Did Tony Khan make the Women's Championship feel important tonight, leading into the show? No. All of these things factored into blah. It's just there. Storm and Athena quickly dispatched of Deeb and Baker. They went at it one-on-one. Deeb broke up a backslide attempt, was able to roll both Athena and Storm over into a beautiful pin attempt for a two-count. Deeb got a leg lock on Tony Storm, an abdominal stretch into a suplex on Athena, which looked great. Serena Deeb needs more TV time. Serena Deeb, more on my TV, please, is what I say. Storm dropped Baker with a shotgun dropkick. Went to the top rope. She was cut off by Baker and Deeb. Athena joined for a Tower of Doom spot. Athena ran wild with some offense. Baker took Karat with a thrust kick. They all spilled to the floor. Rebel got in a series of cheap shots there on the outside, helping Britt Baker. Deeb hit a slingshot under the rope. Throat first on Tony Storm and was in complete control of the match. Deeb had Athena in a Boston Crab. Storm had Baker in a Boston Crab as well. Both ladies shredded slaps with the holds still applied by the other ladies in the middle of the ring. Looked great. Storm was able to get free and deliver some... (laughs) I I may have to uh, clench my thirst here with this one. Tony Storm, she delivered sweet, chic music. Somewhere Tony Brown is smiling from ear to ear. Gotta love the sweet cheek music. Baker cut her off. Deep cut off Baker. In the ropes with a neck breaker. Dragon screw on Athena's leg in the ropes. Hit a snap neck breaker on Tony Storm. Serenity lock on Baker. Uh, or uh, on Athena. Until Baker broke it up. So Baker basically saved the title from going to Serena Deep. Athena had Baker in a fireman's carry, powered up Deeb at the same time for a fallaway slam. Samoan drop, and I think this actually, I don't know if Britt Baker's nose was broken, but she came up basically bloodied the same way that Hikaru Shida, if you guys remember all those years ago, a few years ago when they were operating out of the Nightmare Factory, and they were wrestling in front of nobody, and we had Shida and Britt Baker wrestling in the gymnasium, and she broke her nose. And we got that visual, that visual of her just bloodied the same exact way she broke her nose then. And it looks like Athena had broken Britt Baker's nose here tonight with this move executed that clearly did not go off the right way. 
Now, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, everybody wants to say that, you know, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker ran off Thunder Rosa to a point where she was crying in the uh, women's locker room or the women's bathroom, right? Because Thunder Rosa inadvertently broke Jamie Hayter's nose. I wonder if Athena now will have reports coming out about her that she ran into the women's bathroom crying because she broke Britt Britt Baker's nose and because Britt Baker was threatening to beat her up. That's what I want to know. Does Athena now have heat in the women's locker room? It's going to be a story to keep an eye on. Is Athena now public enemy number one because Tony Storm or, or Thunder Rosa rather is not there? We're going to have post-show scrums where Britt Baker's going to be talking shit about Athena. Broken nose by Britt Baker here, which I believe is the case. Athena hit a spinning face buster, which looked great on Tony Storm. Deep broke up the count. Athena sent deep to the outside, uh, ran into Storm with a tornado DDT delivered. Baker nearly got a curb stomp. Storm counted into a roll-up. And got the victory by pinning Britt Baker. That was it. One, two, three. Britt Baker takes the pinfall, which I was surprised by. Baker attacks Storm as Jamie Hayter showed up just like she did last week, teasing an attack on Britt Baker, but she joined in on beating down Tony Storm. So Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker are not breaking up right now as of yet. As Athena and Tony Storm were beaten up by Baker, Hater, and Deeb, we got new music hitting on the P. I knew who this was immediately when they hit because, I mean, who else could it be? There really isn't anybody else that it could have been. Soraya Knight walks out, the former Paige in WWE. She got absolutely one of the biggest ovations that I could ever remember in AEW. People legitimately burn this place to the ground with that fucking ovation. Loud as fuck. You just heard the octaves of that crowd and the sound of it just raised when she appeared on the stage, man. It was a beautiful thing to see. She stared down Baker, yelled that it was her house, and she is now all elite. And this is the newest signing for Tony Khan and AEW. I'm excited about this. I always loved cheering for an underdog. And the fact that she had her career ended and in ways that were not on her terms, I'm cheering for Soraya Knight to get the justification that she wants on her career. She wants to end things and create her own narrative and do things the way that she had always planned for them to do, but WWE... And, you know, the doctors over there are not going to let her wrestle. Obviously, they saw something that they just couldn't allow to have happened yet. But with the medical advances and Brian coming back after his injury and Edge coming back after nine years and now wrestling at a top-tier level for WWE, why not? It was always going to be a discussion. Well, Brian did it. Adam Copeland did it. Why not Soraya? They didn't want to do it. I don't know the reason, but they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to give her the opportunity to prove them wrong and give her the opportunity to wrestle in WWE. They let her walk. This is somebody that has been babied 
by WWE through all of the bullshit that was caused by Alberto Del Retard. And all the shit that he said, all the negative shit, all the fucking shit that he did while they were together. All the hideous things he said about everybody in the company and Triple H, somebody that was a father figure to Soraya Knight while she was there through the ups and downs and the highs and the lows and the drug problems and the fucking depression and all this other shit that was going around about her. Triple H always kept this fucking standard when it came to her. Never did he put her in a position where she was going to look bad. Always looked out for her. So yes, I'm surprised that he now working there in the capacity that he is did not opt to bring her back. This is why I said from the get-go, is this Tony Khan wanting to make a better women's division? Or is this Tony Khan wanting to get one up? Is this his chess move? Ha ha ha. Let me see you beat me now. Ha ha ha. I took one away, uh, someone away that you potentially could be bringing back. You want to play that game? I'm going to play that game better. How much of it is Tony Khan wanting to build a better women's division and how much of it is a petty move, a petty chess move in the game of AEW versus WWE in this delusional mindset that Tony Khan may be in? If that's the case, I don't really give any hope to the women's division because him bringing in Soraya doesn't really mean he wants to make a better women's division. He just wants to say ha 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 to Triple H. Meanwhile, Triple H and WWE should be the last thing on his fucking mind. He should worry about the own, his own fucking company and the show he's got to book on Wednesdays. This is one of the catalysts for the women's division. One of the main reasons why there's a women's revolution. Soraya Knight, the anti-diva. If Tony Khan can't get the women's division to where it needs to be with this woman on the roster, the women's division might as well not even fucking exist in all elite wrestling. I know Sasha Banks was a big possibility four months ago. No longer. Naomi was a big possibility four months ago. No longer. Paige is out there floating around, free as a bird. He brings Paige in, Soraya Knight. Bring Soraya Knight in. You basically have the catalyst for the WWE women's revolution on your payroll now. This is a woman that has seen and done it all. This is a woman that knows what this women's division is going to need. This is a woman that knows how the women's division should be handled. This is a woman that wants better, not just for AEW, but better for women's wrestling you are going to let her do whatever the fuck she wants and if I don't see change with her on the roster then you might as well get rid of the women's division and never speak of it again there is no excuses anymore None. Look at that division that you employ. You want to put it up against Raw? Go ahead. The sheer talent that you have in that division rivals Monday Night Raw. 
don't need to tell you that. You should fucking know it. That women's division, you have on that roster rival SmackDown. In fact, I'd go out on a limb and say you have a better women's division than SmackDown. I don't need to tell you that. You already fucking know it. Are you going to do and apply? Are you going to do and apply now? If this was two years ago, I'd be saying, oh, yeah, Tony Khan, great. Yeah, let's do it. I trust you. I trust TK. I trust the process. Normally, I do trust Tony Khan, and I normally trust what Tony Khan says when it comes to certain things. I do not trust him when it comes to this. I don't give a shit who you bring in. You could bring in a Madison Rain. You could bring in a Maria Kanellis. You could bring in a fucking whoever you want. Unless you are sitting down and you remove yourself from the situation and you fucking let others handle whatever the fuck they have to do to make this division better, this division will not change. You clearly don't give a fuck about women's wrestling and you don't know how to book the importance of women's wrestling and the championships that held uh, that are held by Jade Cargill and Tony Storm. Now you have somebody who was at the forefront of why women's wrestling is now a popular thing. Why equality exists in the world of professional wrestling. Why women are main eventing on Monday night. Sometimes they shouldn't be. Sometimes they should. Why women are getting now equal opportunity alongside the men. Why there's a women's Royal Rumble. Why there's a women's main event at WrestleMania. Why there's a women's Hell in a Cell. Why there's a women's Queen of the Ring. I don't think anybody wants to go back in time and relive that Queen of the Ring or the Queen's Crown. Whatever the fuck they call it. What a joke. What a joke. Who gave WWE the platform to do all that? It was Soraya Knight. And now you have her. So are you going to listen and you're going to do? Or are we going to continue to get, it's the Britt Baker show every fucking week. Are we going to continue to get women coming on at the 940 time slot on on, uh, Wednesday night? Are we going to continue to get Everything else on the fucking show while the women's champion gets fucking 15 seconds via a promo, a pre-taped promo at that. Time will tell. Time will tell. But there's no excuses anymore. None. With the level of talent that exists in that company now, in that division, there is no more excuses. I am done trying I am done trying to convince on my platform. I am done trying to give you ideas from the bottom of my soul where I work for free on this show and you're able to use whatever the fuck I say. I'm done. No more excuses. You're out. It's the bottom of the ninth now, TK. It's the bottom of the ninth. You send it in the best closer in the league? You're going to seal the deal? Or are you going to blow the game like I expect you to do when it comes to women's wrestling? Brian Danielson. John Moxley. AEW World Championship match. They got 20 minutes in the main event. Before that, they went over what will happen on Grand Slam Rampage on Friday. 
Sting and Darby Allen versus House of Black, Brody King and Buddy Matthews. No DQ match. Very much looking forward to that. Golden ticket battle royal for the future AEW championship match. Apparently, this is different from what MJF has, says Tony Khan. Jade Cargill, this is just another way to get everybody on the show that doesn't really need to be on the show, but we'll let it play out. We'll let it play out. Jade Cargill defends the TBS championship against Diamante. Who, who, who did they get? Jesse told me they got Trina, right? Is that her name? Trina? In AEW? Let me, let me, let me double check here. They got Trina. Jesse says they're bringing in Trina, who's 47 years old and washed up. She's not even from New York. She's from Miami. And why is she with Diamante? Diamante fucking sucks, he says. I'm giving you a little bit of Jesse, even though Jesse can't be here. I can't disagree with him. I agree with him 100%. I agree with him 100%. Why? Why is Diamante on my television? What did she do to get an AEW? You know what? I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not even going to get into it. We'll save that for Friday night, man. We'll rant about it Friday night. Trina, I don't know who the fuck Trina is. DJ who? I don't know who the, who the fuck is he. I don't, I don't know. Give me a break. Ray Phoenix versus Jungle Boy. Action Bronson and Hook versus Batman Art Angela Parker. Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara and Wardlow. He teams with Samoa Joe to take on Tony Neese and Josh Woods. Also, Powerhouse Hobbs takes on Ricky Starks in a lights-out match. World Championship, John Moxley. Brian Danielson. This is for the vacated, undisputed AEW World title, the finals of the AEW Tournament of Champions. MJF is shown on the balcony holding his giant poker chip that looks like a fucking living room desktop or a living room table. I don't know what the fuck he's doing in the skybox. I don't know why he's there, but MJF should not have been there. Should not have been there. MJF sitting throughout this entire match amongst the Arthur Rash people in the skybox with the fucking poker chip only told me that MJF is not cashing in the fucking poker chip tonight. He's sitting there wearing a tailored suit, his Burberry scarf, and he's sitting there with his poker chip. I would have rather not seen MJF after the fucking destroying of Wheeler Yuta from earlier. I would have rather not seen MJF to maybe put it in our heads of, oh, well, he's, he, he's going to cash in. He's going to possibly show up at the end of this match. We didn't get that sense. He totally took everybody out of the MJF narrative by showing him about seven fucking times in the skybox wearing a goddamn tailor suit and a Burberry scarf in a fucking skybox with a poker chip that he was not going to cash in based on what his attire was. Why? Why? This is where I feel like I should be an advisor to Tony Khan. Tony Khan goes over the script. 
He brings me the ideas and what's going on. I'm like, yeah, TK, now let, let's let's omit that. Erase it. We got a we got an eraser. We got what do we got? We got a Sharpie, number two pencil. What do we got? Yeah, one of them fucking rubber erasers that we used to have in the fucking desks at school, right? You got one of them? Let's erase it. White out? I'll take some white out, bro. White out. Underrated is white out. Let's white it out. Sweat it out. Everybody, no, I know you guys were white out guys. I, I was a big white out guy, right? Changing shit with the white out, right? Thinking that you're going to get one over on the teacher. Hey, like, it's messed up. I saw you, you You did something, but there's white out on the paper. I don't care. Something. Something. Change it. Don't know why this made the overall script. So they go back and forth. Danielson. Strikes. Moxley strikes. Danielson hit some running boots in the corner. Moxley avoided one, took over the match, just based off one missed boot. Moxley was dishing out some offense, double stomp to the chest, some kicks to Danielson, till Danielson fired back. Came back with some chops. A diving knee off the apron outside led to Danielson. Drop kick off the top, back in the ring. Moxley had Danielson locked in a choke while on the apron, but Danielson countered into a German suplex, posted Moxley shoulder first. Right on front of, right in front of that camera, that little spinning camera on the on the steel post there. It's going back and forth. It's got a big close-up shot of Brian and Moxley. Danielson kind of zoned in on the shoulder now, keeping Moxley grounded. Finally hit a Busaiko knee. Danielson went for a top rope drop kick again. Moxley slammed him down. Locked in a single leg crab, transitioned into an ankle lock. Danielson nearly escaped. Moxley got a leg capture release suplex, dropped Danielson right on his head. Referee went to go check on Danielson. Moxley set him up in the corner, raked his back, a la old school Hogan or Roddy Piper with the back rake. Tried for a superplex off the top. Danielson crotched him, got a back suplex of his own. Down to the mat goes both guys. Moxley countered a roll-up into a label lock. Danielson escaped into a forearm. Both men locked legs, bridged up at the same time. This was great. They're both slapping each other while both men are upside down. Danielson won a battle of slaps. Then he transitioned into a cattle mutilation just for a little bit. Transitioned then from the cattle mutilation into some anvil elbows. Moxley got to his feet. Ate some offense from Brian. Turned Brian inside out with a King Kong lariat. Danielson dropped out of a Death Rider attempt. Another boost psycho knee. Hits Moxley. Only gets a two count. Moxley then is egging on Danielson. Come on. Kick me. Kick me. Took Danielson's bad leg out. Hit a curb stomp. A Death Rider. Goes for recovery. Gets a two count on Brian. More forearms back and forth, back and forth between these guys. Danielson then eventually drives down uh, Moxley with boots to the side of the head. Moxley was nearly out cold here. He was not moving. Moxley powered out of a triangle sleeper. Danielson got the label lock on Moxley. Moxley almost tapped out. Moxley rolled to the stage. He avoided a diving Danielson. He hit a death rider on the stage. Brian rolls back into the ring. Moxley scatters into the ring to make a quick cover. Two count only. Brian kicks out of the death rider on the stage. Moxley then sinks in a rear naked choke. Danielson kicked free almost. 
He faded. Moxley tapped. Oh, he Moxley, uh, you didn't tap him out, but he passed out there, Brian. Moxley gets the knockout here with Moxley winning the world championship. Great main event. The main event that we needed for this championship. A main event that we needed on this show. Minus MJF sitting in the skybox. Regal joined both guys in the ring. Moxley was celebrating. And the show quickly went off the air as Brian grabbed the title from Regal. And I believe he wanted to hand it to Moxley himself. This is what happens when Tony Khan, you know, I don't know what had happened. I said this earlier. I don't know if the time management on the show got a little out of hand. I don't know if the acclaimed swerve in our glory match went a little bit longer than it should. I felt like this moment was not allowed to breathe. You just crowned a new world champion on a show that is basically the turning point for your company coming out of All Out. And what happened there, and the show immediately goes off the air after Brian passes out from a bulldog choke. Not a good look. Not a good look. Was it a perfect main event? No. Was it a great match? Yes. Obviously, I would have had the moment breathe and Moxley be crowned the MVP of AEW and our new world champion. Instead, they just go off the air because they're running out of fucking time. But I thought I heard during the show that, oh, we'll go as long as we need. Hard stop at 10 p.m. So clearly, you don't have additional time to tell the story given to you by TBS. MJF sitting in the fucking skybox was another thing I didn't like about the match. He's wearing a tailored custom-made suit. Clearly, he's not cashing in, and the element of surprise was taken away from us by him sitting there. These little things, I don't know how they make it through quality control, and I don't know how anybody looks at this and doesn't fucking complain. I don't. You can't cash in. Chad is trying to tell you his match must be announced ahead of time. I don't give a fuck. I don't want him out there. The fuck does he got to watch the match for? He's a non-factor in what's going on. I don't want to see his facial expressions. I don't want to see him there. It's about Moxley and about Brian. It's not about MJF. If the match wasn't sanctioned, or the match wasn't going to be sanctioned, why the fuck do we need him there? He served no purpose being there. None. None whatsoever. All in all, this was a great dynamite. This was probably the best dynamite of the entire year. A definite turning point for the company. I really hope that Tony Khan knows what he's doing from this point on. I hope he has help. I hope he understands that with Soraya and I being in the company now and the excitement surrounding her coming in, there's no more fluff in the women's division. There's no more half-assing the women's division. Now it needs to be game on. Jericho with the Ring of Honor Championship opens up a whole new story for a Ring of Honor story with Daniel Garcia. And MJF, whenever that match is sanctioned, it will go down more than likely at full gear. And that is your Dynamite post show right here on OTS. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this solo review tonight. Jesse, hopefully we'll be back next week. 
I still got his commentary via text. You know, after four old fashions today, man, I still delivered a damn good fucking review, man. I don't know if I'm Superman or I'm just that fucking good. I don't know. I appreciate you guys, though, man. I love you guys. Thank you for all the support today. Coming out to the meet and greet. Thank you for all these supports. Just all month. It's crazy. The best month so far ever in off-the-script history. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew, man. Remember, get your free sample of Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You're going to get your free sample. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Hit that thumbs up, guys. We got 1,300 likes. We're well over the minimum. Thank you guys very much. New minimum now is 1,500. 1,500 likes is the new minimum. Let's get into it, man. Super Chat. Let's start off at the top. Joseph Taylor with a $3 Super Chat. Favorite Finn Balor match as the Demon. Joseph Taylor, you know what? I actually don't have one. I was more of a Finn Balor fan as far as the entrance is concerned, not the demon himself. Because basically, Finn Balor and the demon operated as the same guy. When he put the face paint on and the makeup on, he was no different than regular human Finn Balor. It was all about the entrance. Tony Brown with a 4.99 and a 1.99. Definitely awesome wrestling, JD. And all the women. Tony Brown loves his booty meat, man. That is for certain. 199. Side wrestle with Soraya and AW. Could we be seeing AJ Lee soon? Bro. You guys are talking about AJ Lee, yet CM Punk is injured for nine months and more than likely suspended. That you guys are talking about his wife coming on into AEW. No. Rat the Well with the $5 Super Chat. Does anyone ever actually watch the show when it's picture in picture? I certainly don't. Uh, Rat the Well, I'm being completely blunt with you. I don't. To me, it's just as bad as a commercial. And they usually use the picture in picture for a, a, a dumb down of the match anyway. Usually a submission hold or nothing exciting happens during the picture in picture. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Solid main event. Maybe Brian wins the Ring of Honor belt instead. I could see that. I could see that. Michelle, you've been having some good opinions as of late. Sinister Classic with a $20 Super Chat. Don't see MJF as number one contender, but a guy with a title shot anytime he wants. What do you think of Jeff being the leader of the House of Black? Also, I could see Mustafa Ali having something to do with the White Rabbit. MJF is the number one contender. Title shot anytime. Thank you for clarification on that. Still don't understand why he's out there. 
Jeff Hardy being the leader of the House of Black? No. Mustafa Ali having something to do with the White Rabbit? No. Not at all. I don't know why we would want him to have anything to do with the White If the White Rabbit does not lead to Bray Wyatt, it's a huge fail on WWE's part. Hologram with a 23-month recommitment to the OTS VIP club. Thank you, buddy. Jericho becoming the first wrestler to win every major promotions championship elevates the Ring of Honor title, zilch. Soraya looks amazing. More Mox and Brian Danielson, OTS for life. Thank you, Hologram. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the Ring of Honor title. I think it's uh, a good move to give Jericho the Ring of Honor world title. JDC Biggins with a $2 super chat. MJF and Morrissey paired together as hope. Thoughts? I like it. Definitely got that Diesel Shawn Michaels vibe for sure. JP5150 with a 25-month membership. He's got that gold microphone. I love to see it. While it's exciting to see Soraya in AEW, I don't have any faith in Tony's booking, JD. I'm just being honest. I got my Allagash triple at the venue. Gotta love me some Allagash triple, brother. Golden Boy with a 12-month membership. Awesome show tonight for AEW. Great job as always, JD. You are the one. And you are always acknowledged. Also, speed recovery to Jesse. Miss you, man. Hopefully, Jesse will be back next week, man. Appreciate you, Golden Boy. Thank you, brother. Elijah, thank you for the 200 bomb. Awesome show tonight. Easily best dynamite of the year. Also, love the show, JD. Jesse and Salamats are all the GOATs. You, Jesse, and Solomons are all the goats. OTS for life, hashtag get them out. Thank you, Elijah. Sliding Titan with a new membership. Thank you, Sliding Titan. What are you drinking, brother? Devoted with a $5 super chat. OTS for life. Fire emoji. AEW is excellent tonight. Peanut butter whiskey for me. Anyone who disagrees, get him out. Thank you, Devoted. I think this week I'm going to learn how to make old fashions with peanut butter whiskey, man. Now, you can't make the old fashioned with entirely all peanut butter whiskey. You're going to have to do maybe a dash of peanut butter whiskey. Because it's so sweet. Mickey McClendon with a 12-month recommitment to the VIP club. Thank you, Mickey. Uh, awesome show tonight, J.D. I'll be at Dynamite in Philly next week and the Rampage in Atlantic City in November. They need to keep this momentum. Uh, Mickey, we may be having a meet and greet in Atlantic City in November for Rampage. I will keep you guys posted. Colin Hunt with a 13-month recommitment. Thank you, Colin. Jericho winning the Ring of Honor title means nothing. As a matter of fact, none of these Ring of Honor titles mean anything without a separate show and a TV deal. You, you are correct on that. But like I said, you got to look at it from all sides. 
Jericho and Daniel Garcia are still in a storyline. This could also, you know, include Brian Danielson. This now gets Claudio on AEW television where he wasn't at all. I don't mind it. Elijah with a 9.99 super chat. One more for you, JD. Glasses up for an absolute great night of wrestling. Plus, love hearing the get him out. Elijah, I'd yell get him out again, but I think my voice is about to go, bro. Get him out! Get him out! Love it. Elijah said he was done with the $9.99. Then he gives me a $100 bomb to follow up. Another bomb, Jay, that you deserve it, man. Much love, brother. Elijah, cheers to you, brother. Thank you so much. Dorian with a $5 super chat. AEW is full of mid-card job guys. No one feels important on that show. Uh, Dorian, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. You must have had a rerun of NXT 2.0 on. Dorian, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the venue. Kid Shadow 101 with a $5 super chat. Claudio gets a rematch with Jericho. Or Brian can step up to challenge Jericho for the Ring of Honor title to elevate, or motivate rather, Garcia and save Ring of Honor by winning the title. I could see it. I could absolutely see it. I think we're about due for a Ring of Honor show soon. Daniel Bravo, 999 Super Chat. Hey, J.D., I enjoy the show tonight a lot. I think it's a really good step in the right direction. I thought tonight was probably the best diamond of the year. James with a $5 Super Chat. Lord J.D., during that FDR segment, you can still hear the crowd in the background chanting, Oh, scissor me daddy. OTS for life. Yeah, I didn't hear that, James. RB065 with a $20 super chat. I wish I could have met you and the crew at the woodlot. I live in the same neighborhood of the place, but I have to do overtime at work, unfortunately. Wish we could talk about power metal bands. Thank you, JD and Chad. Arby, there'll be a next time, brother. Don't worry about it. Make your money. Harry212 with a 999 Super Jack. Great to see Paige back. Crowd, crowd here pop big for her. Cool surprise appearance on Rampage. She deserves it. JDC Biggins with a $2 Super Jack. Thanks, JD. Blue Chew came in handy tonight. Oh. I'm glad it's working out for somebody, bro. Hank R. Hill with a 199 Super Chat. JD, you are the propane of podcasting. I tell you what. I like that comment, Hank. Thank you. Oratia with a Canadian $5 Super Chat. Great review, JD. Dynamite was great. Crowd was fire. Only critical thing for me is the production seems rushed. Slow things down a bit, Tony. Yeah, I thought the show flowed good. It's just 
the rush off the show when Moxley won the title is what kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Holy shit, did anyone see that Rampage spoiler? Uh, I'm not going to spoil anybody. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for uh, for anybody on Rampage. But uh, does it have to do with Jade Cargill? Jade Cargill, uh, Jade Cargill apparently called out Cardi B. Is this what we're doing now? Is that what we're talking about? I hope to God not. I seen the spoiler from Rampage. Now, now you guys got me. Now you guys got me uh, interested in the spoiler. Spoiler for AEW Rampage. Ah, there we go. I could see people being excited about that. I'm not going to spoil it, but I think people will pop for that. Uh, Bobby Means with a $2 Super Chat. Thank you, Bobby Means. No message. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Will Ospreay could wrestle me a guy with no experience and get five stars. Yes, he could. Recky Wizard 777 with a 799 Super Chat. I would like to see the set they use for tonight as the new set going forward. I'm a bit bored of the current stage they use every week. Yeah, it could definitely use a revamp, Wizard. It could definitely use a revamp. Shoval, my buddy Shoval with a five-month recommitment. Thank you, Shoval, my man. TK doesn't understand that we want good competition, not another indie show. That airs by accident on TV. Ring of Honor, AAA, Impact, LOL. Get him out! Says Shoval. Absolutely, brother. He doesn't understand it. Grim, Hula Grim, fight all super chat. I never in a million years thought I'd ever wish to be Brad Maddox until I seen Soraya debut tonight. Oh, my goodness. She gonna take over AW Women's Division. Brad Maddox. I have not heard that name in several years, bro. Grimsley with a two-dollar super chat. If Tony Khan fails with Soraya, I've lost hope. Good night. Joseph Taylor with a two-dollar super chat. I sent you a DM on Twitter. Check it out. Kenny Omega's leg with a $5 super chat. I just want to say I love the intro no matter how long it is. I love jamming to your music. And it could even go for another 10 minutes on top of it. Well, you guys are going to be in for a treat, man. YouTube is changing their partner program as far as music is concerned. I can now license real music and pay a fee to the actual artist to license their music while also making money on my video. 
You guys are going to really get a fucking kick-ass soundtrack now when that hits YouTube. Can't wait for that, man. I already got the new theme song of the show already in my man. Space, when this new YouTube policy goes into effect, Space Strippers is going to be retired. Get used to it. Or don't get used to it, I should say. Already got the new off-the-script theme lined up. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. What's up, JD? Dynamite was good tonight. Soraya Page in AEW. Absolutely shocked me. Happy to hear, see her in AEW. No more excuses for Tony Khan. No more excuses for TK. Mario with an eight-month membership. Thank you, Mario. Man, I'm foiling you since the pen and paper intro. Or following, I think you meant. Foiling. Following you since the pen and paper intro. Feels just like yesterday. Keep up the good work, my friend. Can say, can you say Alex C and G-Y or G-W-Y, our goons. Alex C and G-W-Y. Get them out! Get him out of here. Fujin's Henry with a 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Fujin's. Could Thunder Rosa pull Stone Cold on Jesse at the hospital? No. I think Jeffy, Jesse is safe at the hospital. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat with Soraya Page in AEW. Do you think TK signed her just to keep her away from Triple H because he knew that she would go back now that Triple H is in charge? Also, I hope Jesse is doing and feeling better. Thank you for the 10, Furious. I, I, did, uh, I did question that multiple times in the podcast. And Jesse is home resting and relaxing, bro. Bobby Means with a $2 Super Chat page. I don't know. I can tell you I don't trust TK's booking. When it comes to women's wrestling, bro, I don't think anybody trusts Tony Khan. Steve K with a $3.99 Super Chat. No message. Stu Sexton with 32 months with Stu Sexton. Oh, my goodness. Great show tonight. Hope to see good things come out of the women's division now. Fire emoji, OTS for life. I need a restock on my peanut butter whiskey. Stu Sexton, we always have peanut butter whiskey in the bar, in the venue for you, brother. No matter what, bro. No matter what, bro. And Indigo with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, I'm sorry I didn't make it. Got stuck at work. Apparently, I came in 30 minutes after you left. Least I tried, right? I had fun tonight. Much respect. Indigo, there will be many others, brother. Do not worry about it. Do not worry about it, man.
And Fiorius Nation with a $30 super chat. Oh, my goodness. Also, thank God we didn't see Big Show tonight. <laughs> I hope he's not on Rampage either. And I know it's not until two more years, but I have WrestleMania 40 in Philly. Would you ever do a meet and greet? Cheers and have a good night, bro. WrestleMania 39 yet, man. I'll, 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 I'll keep you guys posted. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. I'm going to hop on uh, Destiny 2 and get me in a fucking King's Fall raid. I need my touch of malice, bro. Thank you guys for a great night. Thank you for the meet and greet. Thank you to everybody that showed up. Thank you for a great podcast tonight. Number one in the community. We are the ones. And everyone in the community are the twos. You know, the Usos are onto something there, man. Thank you guys for everything. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the super chats. Next time you'll see me, maybe you'll see me tomorrow. I don't know. Depends on the news. You'll definitely see me Friday. We got a long night, man. We got SmackDown. And we got a two-hour rampage Grand Slam, man. So you ain't going to be seeing me until after midnight live. Oh, my goodness. Hit that thumbs up, guys. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Tons of it. Tons of it. JDC Biggins with a $5 Super Jet. Sorry about the joke, JD. I, listen, bro, you, you're good, bro. You are good, brother. I'm out of here, guys. I need two things from you. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. I want to see everybody with those guitar emojis in the chat, okay? My VIPs, I need them beautiful Mustangs in the chat. And when that guitar solo comes on, man, I need that music on max. I will see you guys on Friday live from the beer garden right here on Off The Script. Thank you for a great day. Thank you for a great night. And I will see you guys on Friday night. I'll see you guys later.